This is the Texas Standard. I'm David Brown. The day after Jamal Khashoggi was reported missing in Istanbul, the global editor of the Washington Post received what appears to be Khashoggi's final piece for the paper, where he was columnist. The editor at the Post held off on publishing it in hopes she could talk with Khashoggi and they could edit it together. Resigned to the likelihood that Khashoggi was killed while inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, the Post went ahead and published the column yesterday. In it, the U.S. resident and Saudi dissident makes an impassioned plea for the world to take note of what he describes as an iron curtain falling across the Arab world, threatening freedom of the press and those who've tried to advance it. It is a sober read, and in light of Khashoggi's apparent torture and killing, alleged to be directed by the Saudi government, especially chilling. Joining us now, Pulitzer Prize-winning author and journalist Lawrence Wright, a Texan who's reported from the Arab world among his recent books, The Terror Years, From Al-Qaeda to the Islamic State. Lawrence, welcome back to the Texas Standard. Thank you, David. Back in March, I understand you appeared on a stage in the Texas capital city in a, at an event sponsored by our home station called Views and Brews. Uh, you and Jamal Khashoggi, d- did you know him before then? Oh, I've known him for 15 years. Uh, I met him in Saudi Arabia when I was researching my book on Al-Qaeda called The Looming Tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, you know, at that time, the Saudis hadn't been willing to let me in as a reporter. And I got a job as a, a mentor to young reporters at this newspaper called the Saudi Gazette. And uh, Jamal was the assistant editor at our competitor, the Arab News, which was actually a far better paper. <laughs> and uh, and I got to know him then. And uh, he was an incredibly insightful and candid uh, in the context uh, source for me. Well, at that event in Austin back in March that I mentioned earlier, uh, Khashoggi specifically talked about his disappointments after the so-called Arab Spring of 2011. Hopefully we can we can hear just a bit of what he had to say about that. Let's let's roll the tape. I think the true freedom is the freedom to choose a leader. That is the true freedom, the freedom to choose my destiny. And that's what we are lacking. And unfortunately, many in the Arab world in republics and in kingdoms, they think the people of the Arab world are not ready yet for that prerogative, for that uh, luxury of choosing their own leader. And that's why we have those civil wars. He has been um, taking aim at at, uh, uh, the Saudi regime and and other uh, monarchies and dictatorships for some time, has he not? Yes, but you know, his position had gradually hardened over time. He was uh, not... You know, he was making a statement at that Views and Brews uh, meeting that was rather, I mean, if you take it seriously to choose your own leader, that means democracy, and that means that the royal family takes a back seat. And he had advocated for democracy, but I don't think quite as strongly as he was uh, beginning to towards the end of his life. Do, do you think, that, did he uh, have a sense that the Saudis were so upset with his position um, that uh, perhaps they might do something like well, what it is now alleged they did at the uh, uh, consulate in Istanbul? Well, he he went into exile because he was afraid. Uh, he had to leave his family. He left his job. He left his friends and uh, uh, came. This is actually his second uh, period of exile 
but uh, he he knew that he was in danger. And then shortly after he left, uh, you know, the the crown prince rounded up hundreds of uh, princes and and intellectuals and and clerics, uh, imprisoned them in the Ritz Carlton. Some are still actually, uh, you know, imprisoned uh, without any trial or anything. And, you know, there were reports of people being tortured. There was a report of one general being tortured to death. Um, so, yes, you know, had had Jamal been in the kingdom at that time, uh, he was quite certain that he would be one of the ones that had been rounded up. So he knew that he was under suspicion and would be it would be too dangerous for him to ever return to Saudi Arabia while Mohammed bin Salman was in control. Now, we should note that the Saudis officially, at least, deny that they were behind uh, Khashoggi's death. They've said that it was a botched interrogation, uh, something which mounting circumstantial evidence uh, certainly seems to belie. What What did you make of Khashoggi's final piece for the Washington Post that I mentioned earlier? I mean, it almost seems as if he were, in a way, writing his own epitaph, in a sense. Yeah, I know. It was eerie, wasn't it? I mean, what he was calling for is, you know, free press in the Arab world. Uh, And, you know, I worked in the Arab press, so I know exactly what the boundaries are. I was told quite explicitly when I was trying to mentor these young reporters, uh, you can't talk about the royal family. Uh, You can't talk about religion. Uh, You can't criticize uh, any of the the imams. Uh, These are the boundaries. And... uh, you know, in a way, I, what was most frightening in, uh, to, the, to the censors of, of the press uh, was uh, facts, not opinions. You know, it, it, it was a little like the blogosphere that we've come to, you know, <laughs> to know well. People can say almost anything mm-hmm. in the Arab press, but reporting itself was seen as a danger. And bear in mind, all of the newspapers, all of the media outlets are owned by princes. Uh, the newspaper I work for was owned by the Minister of the Interior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that's when we talk about, you know, control of the press, it's absolute control. And sometimes, you know, they let things up loose a little bit and then they tighten the noose. And uh, Jamal was twice, for instance, made editor of Al-Watan, one of the most important Saudi papers, and uh, fired twice uh, because uh, he published material that they thought was um, uh, too controversial for them. Uh, I remember one of the things that got him fired was he published a cartoon. Uh, of, it was a, an imam with a suicide vest and instead of dynamite, the, the this vest was stuffed with fatwas. Well, hmm. can't do that. Yeah. So uh, he lost his job, and shortly after that, he exiled himself for the first time to America. Did, Lawrence, I want to get back to something you, you were talking about there. Did, since you have reported yourself from the region, um, have you, were you ever threatened? I mean, do you have concerns for your safety, your own safety? I just, you know, try not to think about those things. <laughs> you can get, you can get too paranoid and not be able to do the story. And uh, I, I could see that things when I was there in two thousand three, uh, I could see that things were um, heating up. And um, and 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 indeed, right after I left, the uh, Al Qaeda attacks on housing compounds began. But uh, and I did. Uh, you know, I changed the car occasionally. I, I varied my 
routine. But essentially, you can't let those things preoccupy you. You know, you trust your instincts, and uh, and but uh, you also just have to be there and do your job. We'll have a link to Khashoggi's final column for the Washington Post at our website, texasstandard.org. We've been speaking with Texas-based journalist and author Lawrence Wright, whose latest book is God Save Texas. He's also the author of The Terror Years from Al-Qaeda to the Islamic State and, of course, The Looming Tower. Lawrence, good to talk with you again. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us on The Standard. My pleasure.